Lincoln. Come on, it's 6 o'clock. Rise and shine. Rise and shine. It's time for Early Break with Sip and Jake. Brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Live from the Coppel Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Here's 93.7 The Ticket's Jake Sorensen. Did seem kind of meh. And the Lincoln Journal stars Steve Sipple. Surprisingly good. This is Early Break with Sip and Jake. Sponsored by Gaina Trucking. Welcome back to Hour 2 on a Monday. Steve Sipple, Jake Sorensen, early break. It has been a full show so far. Crazy. Check out the podcast at theticketfm.com. We have gone through Nebraska men's basketball, Nebraska baseball, Nebraska women's basketball, the NBA All-Star game. All sorts of stuff. And, and of course, we can't forget the fight between Jawan Howard and Greg Gard at the end of Michigan-Wisconsin yesterday in college hoops. Yeah, what, I just can't imagine. Okay, with, with that, one more time for a second. Imagine, like, witnessing that in person here. Like, ooh, ooh. Whether, whether, whether it's Hoiberg or Miles oh, or Doc or anybody, oh. like, Post what? game shoving someone? Oh yeah. Was no, it, no, not Jake. He didn't shove him. Well, I mean, sorry, shove. You know, he, he punched the guy. What if Fred? I mean, if I mean, I, I'm trying to put put this in perspective in terms of magnitude. What if Fred and I don't know Mike Woodson were right? Were you know shaking it, shaking hands at the end of the game, and 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 Fred just hauled off and smacked one of Woodson's assistants. You, can you imagine how big a story that would be? That'd be the story of the day. The story of the week for us. It would be. It'd be incredible. It'd be remarkable. That's what I'm suggesting. That's why that that scene, when I saw, hey, Jake, when I saw it yesterday, it was, I thought it was disturbing. When I saw that the CBS clip on Twitter, yeah. I, was, I was really taken aback by it because it's something you don't see. I mean, Woody Hayes. Woody Hayes punched a Clemson player back in the day. Was fired right, yep. for it. That was that was during a game. Um, this is after a game, right after a game. I'm just trying to think of even like close encounters of the past. I, I remember this was not anything anywhere close to that, but I do remember there was some significant barking between Greg McDermott and Tim Miles during a game in Lincoln. Barking is a lot different than, than Miles going over during the <laughs> during the post game handshake line. And smacking one of the Creighton's assistants. Like, Can you imagine what that, what that would have done to the rivalry, by the way? Right. Now, Danny Nee had, a, you know, did, was there ever anything, anything ever? No, 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 no. He, he was don't a, do that. No, I'm, Dan, I'm, don't disparage Danny's good name. Just he had a fiery personality. Yes, but he, he was fiery. Never, he never came close. I don't remember him ever coming close to going after somebody, let alone throwing Swipe, a right hand. Swiping at him. Yeah. That's it, yeah. It's going to be a very interesting day. It, it, does Michigan make a move first? Does the Big Ten say what has to happen in, with Jawan Howard? Like, where is the, where does this start at? I mean, I think the, I mean, I think the punishment has to be severe because you have to, you can't let this happen. You can't let it. You can't give. You can't put it in the coaches' minds that this is somehow okay. That you won't be dealt with severely right this is not his second this is not his first time either it's his first time actually throwing a punch but that scene with Turgeon in the Big Ten tournament last year was ugly it was ugly 
That has to be considered in this. Just saying. I just wonder, does, does Michigan itself make a move and say, you know, we're going to suspend the coach, or does the Big Ten say, hey, we're going to, we've, we've looked at this, and this is what's going to happen? I don't know how that, I don't know what the protocol yeah, who makes is. The decision I would think it's the University of Michigan that has to make the move. But we'll see on that. We will. No, nothing, nothing so far today. Uh, the milkman. Well, up, uh, a couple people say that Tim Miles did get in Tom Crean's face during a game at one point when he was at yeah. Indiana. There's a there's a big distinction in the face between getting in the face and then as crossing the line to actually throwing a punch and landing the punch. I mean, there's a big difference between getting in someone's face and smacking someone. Big difference. So we'll see. I don't know. I would think he suspended the rest of the year at the very least, right? Do you think he gets fired for this or not? And as Harrison pointed out at the break, the the lack of remorse is a concern too. Yeah, he he didn't. No apology. I played you the audio post game yeah. for, for both Greg Gard and Jawan Howard. Greg Gard explains why he did what he did to call a timeout with ten seconds to go to avoid a ten second you know with because they were pressing. Michigan was still pressing, by the way. Yeah, Michigan down 15 points with 10 seconds to go. Yeah, guard explained it well that he they had only four seconds to get the ball over half court, so he called a timeout to reset the 10 second clock, so he could his reserves mm-hmm. could get could have a chance to get the ball over mid court the mid court line, which I, you know it's it's not perfect, but it's a decent explanation. Again, and they'll play. Well, this is this is Juwan Howard. There's no remorse in this statement at all from Jawan Howard. Why did you do what you did in the post-game line with talking to Greg Gard and the staff there? I didn't like the timeout being called, and I'll be totally honest with you. Um, I thought it was uh, you know, not necessary at that moment, uh, especially being in a large lead. Um, and then for to have the timeout um, to be called with three seconds or four seconds to go, um, you know, I thought that that was you know, what I felt wasn't fair to our guys. And so... That's, that's what happened. No remorse there. There's no a apology. Whole, you know, there's a whole other interesting part of this conversation that I, I don't fully understand. And I, sh- I could have called an attorney, I suppose, and, and saw you what the deal is. If, if, I, if I throw a punch like that at you in a bar, I could get arrested. Sure you could. For assault. You know, if, if you wanted to press charges. I mean, somebody saw it. I mean, that, that's, that, that's what I mean by the ser- – I, I mean, I just want to illustrate the seriousness of the situation. If I th- if I throw that punch at you, at O'Rourke's downtown, I could, I mean that I could, I could they could put me in cuffs, right? Yes. It's interesting in the athletic arena that you can, that you see that s- stuff a lot that would you'd be arrested for outside the athletic arena. Yeah, very. It's going to be an interesting day, and I guess a week, probably more today or tomorrow. We'll hear we'll hear news. I don't know, but interesting week ahead. All right, let's talk football. Four six four five six eight five. Call or text as always. You had a conversation sip on Friday with Nebraska defensive coordinator Eric Schnander, who you said, from what you heard from him, uh, is perfectly fine with the high pressure for Nebraska this season. Well, he knows the coaches. The coaches, the coaching staff, are, they're under quite a bit of pressure, right? I mean, this is not... Win now or probably go. There's a certain number of wins that we don't know that they have to get to, but it's, you know, it's more than five, right? It's more than they've ever done here. 
as a coaching staff, this particular yeah, coaching staff. Five, yep. And I thought what Eric said, I liked Eric's response a lot. I, it really is. I mean, it's something we could all kind of grasp, and that is pressure is a privilege. And he doesn't. Want, he said he doesn't want to be at a place where there's not pressure like that. And he then he doesn't want to be around people who who don't regard pressure as being a privilege. Yeah, he's got a big job, um, but that's what he that's what he wants, and he wants that pressure. So I think he. I mean, I know I, I, we had a long discussion, forty five minute discussion. Um, Eric's reacting well to it. Now he's got his obviously a lot of challenges on that side of the ball. As I wrote, they you know Nebraska loses six of its top 10 tacklers. It's kind of a good news, bad news scenario, Jake. They got four of their top five tacklers back, but they lose. Okay, on one hand, you got four of your top five back. On the other hand, you lose six of your top 10. Yep. The four that you have back of your top five are Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich, an inside linebacker. Okay, that's a great place to start, right? That's pretty solid. You got Luke Reimer back with 108 tackles and Nick Henrich with 99. Uh, Garrett Nelson was third on the team in tackles, and Quentin Newsom was fourth. Those guys are back. Those guys are critical. Reimer, Henrich, Garrett Nelson, and Quentin Newsom are gigantic, gigantic in the grand scheme of things for this program. Now, the guys you lose, though, it's they're tough losses. Doman, JoJo yes. Doman, yep. Cam Taylor-Britt, Markel Desmuke, Dante Williams, Ben Stilley, Damian Daniels. Those guys, some of those guys, Eric said, you didn't really, last spring, you didn't really have to coach them. You didn't have to tell them what to do. They knew what to do. They knew the defense. Yep. By the way, that continuity discussion is gigantic for Chenander, and he doesn't underplay it. I mean, the, the fact that they got, they have that coaching staff back almost intact, except for Tuyote going to Oregon. Um, and, you know, then they just slide Dawson into a position where he's coaching both the outside linebackers and the line, that's pretty low stress. And that continuity is is big in a lot of ways. Those guys, you know why it's big, Jake? Think about it. The offense is starting over. They're starting the process over. All right? You don't the, want two you know places what the starting over. You know what the defense is doing? They're just tweaking. They're tweaking things. Making... They're just trying to tighten knobs to go so they can go from being pretty good. I mean, the defense is pretty well, good. They're tightening knobs in some areas. They're also on the defensive line. They're adding some. You know, they have new pieces. Oh yeah, well they got out. huge, huge I mean, yeah. projects at yeah. the defensive interior and the secondary. Well, that's too. But in terms of, of but in terms of knowledge, right? And no, no. But in, I'm not. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about coaches understanding each other. Um, their language, knowing what is needed to be done um, schematically, um, game preparation, um, scouting reports. It's so much easier when you have guys together for five years. It's in, it, it takes away – Eric said when they started, they'd have they, – meetings would go late into the night. You don't have that now. Because everybody knows what's expected, yeah. um, on, on the same, same page. page. Yep. Terminology is all the same now. And you, you, the defense hasn't 
performed at the level that Eric or anybody wants. But it, you can't say that it hasn't gotten steadily better. It has gotten better. Yeah, since Eric's been here. I mean, of course, last year you go 3-9, and, and, and you can say, well, it's, that's both sides. It's offense and defense's fault. But if you watch the games, for the most part, the defense was not typically the, the hugest issue. It was, Generally right? put them in position to win most of the games. Yeah, if not all of them. I mean, what would you say, Wisconsin, they – it was, you know, they had problems there. Yeah, Braylon Allen rushed, averaged ten yards a carry. There were problems there. Um, there's a couple Michigan, games. yeah, a little bit, a little had bit. chance though. Yeah, oh yeah, they let down against Michigan, Michigan late. Yep. Yeah, they, they're led going to the fourth quarter. But in terms of total defense, if you just look at the numbers, now there was a low bar in 2018. They were 94th. Total defense jumped to 64th in 2019. Total defense 50th in 2020 and 47th last year. And, you know, in the Big Ten, they're kind of a middle-of-the-pack team in terms of scoring defense. I think they gave up 22.6 points a game. Check that out. But that's not um, – again, middle-of-the-pack. Um, but, yeah, that, 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 that what really struck me is him saying pressure – is a privilege and that's a good that's a good mindset for him to proceed with that's a good mindset for all of them to proceed Nebraska with. gave up 22.7 points per game 22.7 36th points. in the country yeah and that's not that's not again not that's good not great now he's trying to get that defense from good to great and he's you know those coaches Jake in terms of personnel they look at things a little different than we do in that we say Oh man, all you can really point to in the defensive interior is Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers. And we don't we don't know the rest of what they got. Well, they look at it a little differently. They they look at it like, well, first of all, you're always going to have turnover. In, in the NFL there's turnover, in college football there's turnover. Yeah, there's turnover, but we have guys that we're confident in that you guys don't know about, but we know about them. And he's confident like, for instance, you're talking about Nash Hutmacher in the defensive interior and Laquan Buckley and Marquise Black and Weaver. Um, he, it, who am I missing? Am I missing anybody in there? Colton Feast. Now, listen, you, you can snicker, but Chenander is really excited about, and it might be Colton Feist, Colton Feist, Colton Feast from UTAN. Um, who's a 6'2", 280-pound junior who was hurt a lot of last year. But that he's when we have those interior D-line discussions, you absolutely have to have him in there. Walk on from UTAN. Chenander yeah. says, for a big man, he's really fast. I mean, really fast with a, with a, with a great motor. So, um, I mean, Eric definitely seems confident. I thought it was interesting, too. He said – I I just figure. Remember what I was talking about? The defense is going to have a huge advantage over the offense this spring. He said not necessarily because they have the element of surprise. Yeah, they do. They'll throw Something new. Yeah, they'll throw things at at the defense that the defense hasn't seen. Eric said, "Look, we're playing. We got new guys out there. We're going to have new guys out there, and I'm going to be putting some guys that you would consider twos or threes with the ones to see how they react." You know, so it's not always going to be our best guys necessarily, the guys you think of as our best guys. He, he's going to be moving guys in and out. And they have a lot of, like, 
not only the defensive line, but second. Look at the secondary, what they have to do. I mean, they really only have one, one full time starter back in Quentin Newsom. Now Miles Farmer's back there too. He's played quite a bit. Played quite a bit. Those are your two dudes. But after that, you're you're you got to figure out a lot in the back end. Pressure is a privilege. Do you look at it like that? I like that. Well, Do you look at it like that? I've never thought of it like that before. When I saw that quote, I said, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think. Because you're under pressure. Yeah. You're under pressure a lot. You are too. under pressure. Yeah. I am under pressure. Yeah. You need to look at that as a I, privilege. And I think about that quote in, in the context. And yeah, it is a privilege. Yeah, it, it means is. It's an, it's an important job. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's important. You know, I, it means I, you're important. Exactly. Yeah. It's a privilege. A lot of pressure to perform. Yeah. Because someone has to, right? Exactly. So, yeah, Eric Chenander is interesting. He's only 42 years old, Jake. And this is a big – I mean, it's a big year for him. I mean, he's a charge of the unit that you might have to lean on. I mean, we don't really have these conversations yet. We will. But you might have to lean on that group a little early as the, as the offense works out. Hey, Jake, this is these discussions, think about it. Think about what Trev has said about parity in the Big Ten. And what has Trev preached? You know, I, I, I understand you've probably forgotten all this. It, and, I, and I did, too, until I was reviewing it yesterday. But Trev is – what did – there was a period there where we talked about this where Trev was emphasizing how important details are because of the parody in the Big Ten. It mm-hmm. often comes down to just small things where you execute at the, at the key moments, right? And what has Nebraska not done very well? Execute the key moments. Yeah, and handle the details. That's the problems. So the boss is essentially telling the head coach of Nebraska, Scott Frost, you better get these details right because parity in the Big Ten is such that it often comes down to that. I mean, how many close games did Nebraska lose? The devil's all, in the details. All of them. Yeah. They're the, all close. But and, and your boss is saying you better be detail-oriented, but now you have a new offense. Jake, now you have a new offense, and there's probably going to be situations in, in the season where it looks like a new offense, right? Hopefully not, not as often as it looks ho- good. Right. Hopefully not that often. But on the defensive side, that's where you have to be solid and special teams. By the way, another part of this, I, I asked him, what's Bill Bush going to be doing? Bill Bush is the special teams coordinator, the new special teams coordinator. And you know what Eric said that was interesting? haven't decided right now bill bush has to be focused on special teams and i like that now some someone might say now wait a second you don't have a spot for him on the defense where he can help like the secondary or coach the nickels or something well they haven't decided and my reaction to that was that's fine because he's got to get special teams in order that's a big job it's a big job Coaching special teams, Jake, is a major job, which is probably why a lot of guys don't want to do it. By the way, but that's another deal. It's because you think of how many, how many people are involved, right? Yeah. Here's a text coming in, and let me get your thoughts on this. Text says at four six four five six eight five. Go back to defense real quick. I'm, I'm expecting a pretty big drop off on defense. So if you're saying we need to lean on them, that scares me. Well, I don't know that. I mean. You are you six, expecting a drop off on defense? Well, you, six of your top ten tacklers are gone. Now, I know four, four of your top, top five, five are, are back. back but <laughs> yeah, it's on depth here. It's nice to have your your top heavy here uh-huh. in terms of your your, bet, your returning starters. But 
we we have said many times over the last month or so on this show the the concerns we have with the defensive line. I mean, you're seven days away from spring football starting. It starts up next Monday. We have spring football beginning, and you have a lot of questions to answer on the defensive line. You like, you like Ty Robinson. You're optimistic about him. Okay, stay up front. Stay up front. But You're at, optimistic about Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers. Casey's got to stay healthy, though. Yeah. I would start with I'm optimistic about Ty Robinson. Yeah. I'm curious about Casey Rogers. I'm very hopeful and Nash Hutmacher at defensive tackle. The guys that we don't talk about enough, by the way, on this show that we haven't mentioned much, and Jay Foreman can help us with this. Well, Jay Foreman, I think, is a pretty big fan of Jamari Butler, this, the, the defensive end from Mobile, Mobile Alabama, 6'5", 245, 6'5", 250. The guys that we don't talk about enough are Jamari Butler and Blaze Gunnerson, Jake. Yeah, Those guys are now – those guys – their importance have increased. I mean, I think you feel pretty good about the inside linebackers, Henrich and Reimers we talked about. The outside linebackers, I feel pretty good about, actually, when you're talking about Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner, Feldarius Payne, and then you add in Jamari Butler and Blaze Gunnerson. I think you feel pretty good about that group, Jake. I do. Now, back end, I mean, you're losing – I mean, the nickel thing is gigantic because JoJo, jo, jo, I mean, you're not. There's no way you're going to be able to play the nickel like you did. You you, I, you can't keep – I mean, JoJo could stay on the field is what I'm saying. I don't think you can do that with with the guys they're going to have, Isaac Gifford, Javen Wright. I don't know if he can just – I don't know. JoJo is a, is a very unique animal. Back end – you have some guys to work with. I mean, you have Braxton Clark coming back. There's some guys we don't talk about in that corner discussion like Tame and Lynham. I wonder, we don't hear much about Tame and Lynham. I don't know why. Sophomore corner. Again, Braxton Clark's back there. Marcus Buford. You know, they brought in Tommy Hill. Um well, Tommy I Hill's think Tommy to be a big part of this. Yeah, I think Tommy Hill and Buford will go at it pretty hard for that corner job opposite Omar Newsom. Brown. Not going to play this spring. I know, I but think. there's still the spring. We won't see him, but there's still belief he will be in the conversation. Yeah, and by the fall. way, that's not been announced officially. Omar Brown, the transfer from Northern Iowa. Um, yeah, he he'd be a corner. He can help him at corner. But I mean, come on, man. I don't. It's not been announced officially that he won't be around this spring, but I'm pretty sure he's not going to be around this spring injured. But I, I think that one of those corner battles opposite Newsom, that one opposite Newsom is going to be hot. Tommy Hill, Marcus Buford. I, I don't know if Braxton Clark, if that's if that's what you do with him, put him in that battle. Um, so that, I, I don't know, Jake. They got some pieces. I am not of the mind that they're going to have a drop-off on defense. I'm not. It's First of all, the, the continuity on the staff is really big in that discussion. And you do have enough guys. We just went through a bunch of them that have experience in the system. Jake, experience in the system is gigantic. I mean, that that can be the avenue to playing that much faster. If you know exactly what you're doing, which these kids that are have been around two and three years should know exactly what they're doing now. Hasn't changed. As opposed to what it used to be, Jake. Remember? 
Some guys were ripping. Some guys got out of here like the Davises. How many How many D-line coaches did the Davises have? Khalil and Carlos. There's four, right? I, I lost they, track. There's four. four or five. I think they had yeah. four. Yeah. No, not not now, now. Now, now no. these guys, yeah, Ty Robinson has had continuity. It's a lot of different instructing, a lot of different terminology yeah. from four different coaches. Yeah, we always tell that story of Banker. What was wrong at that Miami game, Banker? Remember when Nebraska played at Miami and gave up all those passing yards to the Hurricanes down in your stadium, Hard Rock yep. Stadium? And yep. Banker that next week said, well, you know, you know, you know, we had some guys playing my defense and some guys playing Bo's. That's a nightmare scenario, right? Yes. Some guys were literally playing the other defense. That that happened against um, the Purdue, the Purdue game too. Purdue was when I remember that was that was a big was that a discussion. Yeah, I think that because they, they I said, remember it being after the when, Miami when game Nebraska rather. lost fifty five forty five to a bad Purdue team. Daryl Hazel was one of his first wins he had in conference play in twenty fifteen. Oh yeah. On Halloween night, that's when DPE you know tore up his leg again that same game. Demorne Pearson L. Yeah. Yeah, that's when I remember there was conversations about uh, different defenses being played. Also. I thought it was after the Miami game. He might have mentioned maybe it was after that game, but I know that that was still conversed after the Purdue game. Okay, too. it was there. Before we get to break, uh, we got to give away our Beatrice Bakery giveaway today. We do it every Monday in the show. Today, this means a lot to me and actually a lot of broadcasters in this state. Rick Alloway, ninety point three KRNU UNL, longtime radio professor. Recently inducted into the Nebraska Broadcasters Hall of Fame. So we like to acknowledge people who have done great deeds in this community and, and also done a great job in terms of lifting up uh, broadcasters in the state. And Rick Alloway has certainly been a big part of that and the reason why we've had a lot of success in TV, radio, and more. So today, our Beatrice Bakery giveaway will go to Rick Alloway, UNL professor and new member of the Nebraska Broadcasters Hall of Fame. Thanks to Rick. And again, you can always get your... Uh, Beatrice Bakery get goodies at BeatriceBakery.com. Liqueur cakes, coffee cakes, and so much more. Beatrice Bakery. When we come back, we will... Uh, there is uh, the playoff staying put for a while. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious if you're fine with that or if yeah. you're upset. We'll okay. discuss that next in an early break in the ticket. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Anthem Health Plans, Inc. 